So we welcome you to the audio worship service of Lighthouse Church of God. We're thankful for this day. Not only is it the Lord's Day, and we're happy to be together as the family of God, but we also know that it's a special day that we honor the mothers of the church. And normally, uh, the house of God here would be filled with uh, beautiful women and, and their beautiful outfits with their flowers and their hats, and we'd just be taking the opportunity to honor them and, and give thanks to God for them. And uh, because of the circumstances and all that has gone on, we're not able to do that in person this year. But uh, wherever you are, women of God, we honor you. We thank God for you. We bless God for giving us the gift of mothers, not only in our homes and our families, but especially in the church. And we hope and pray that you enjoy this day and that you are blessed and God will continue to bless you and your household. If you have your Bible today, open it to Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16. Acts chapter 16 is going to be our primary text this morning. We're going to read verse 13, uh, 14, and 15. It says, And on the Sabbath day we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made, and we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira, who worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized... She begged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. May God's blessings rest on the reading of his word. Father, I give thanks today for the word of God. I thank you for the testimony of these scriptures, to your faithfulness, your love for your people, your ability to meet every single need that your church faces. We give thanks today, O oh God, for the testimony of this beautiful story of Lydia, God. We just pray today, God, that our hearts and minds would be open, that we would be receptive to the message of your word today. Let the Holy Spirit come to right where we are, God, in every home and every household and Speak into our hearts and minds the words of life, the words of hope. We give thanks today for your word. We ask for it to take root and to bear fruit. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Mother's Day is typically a day where we honor the great women of God who serve in the church. And I want to continue that tradition today, even though we sort of have to do it remotely. It's, it's, it's not any slight. I don't want to, this to be misunderstood. As I don't think you have to put down one group to lift up another. I think 
It's all right to recognize the blessing and the role that every person has in the church. So brethren, you are, you are appreciated. I love the brethren of the church, but today, today we're going to celebrate the women of the church because their role is just as important and just as valuable to the kingdom of God. And that, you know, when you look at the book of Acts, and we did the book of Acts a little while ago in our Bible study, and we learned uh, how important it was for both the men and the women of the church to exercise their God-given calls and God-given gifts and talents and abilities, and God worked through both men and women to establish His kingdom and His church in this world. And, and we see that, we recognize that throughout the Scriptures, the testimony, whether it's uh, Mary uh, the first one to see the resurrected Lord and the first one to share the news and the hope of the resurrection, whether it's uh, the ministry of a Priscilla or of a Phoebe, whether it's uh, the, the, the judge uh, of a Deborah, whatever it is in Scripture, we see the high value and the high purpose of the call of God on the lives of the women of his kingdom. And in this story today and in the story previous to it, I didn't, just didn't read it, but uh, this chapter begins with a testimony uh, that I want to refer to here in just a moment. But in this story, uh, I, I see three things that while they are, uh, are not exclusive to women, uh, you find them more typically in women. And I'm trying, I don't want to speak in stereotypes. I don't want to, I don't want to just characterize generally, but I'm, I'm going to speak from experience as, you know, 30 years in ministry and, and 15 years as pastor of this church, I, I think qualifies me to offer some, uh, some words of appreciation to those women who have been such a blessing to the ministry. And there's some things that are more typical of women. I was raised, of course, and you've heard it your whole life, that uh, to, to believe, and, and I believe, and I, I strongly endorse the idea that that a man is the head of his house, that he is the, the priest of his home, of his family, that he is the, the one who's to, supposed to intercede and lead and guide his family from a leadership position. I do not in any way want to undermine that. I believe that. I, I think that's the testimony of Scripture. Where, wherever you want to point in Scripture, if you want to go back to Abraham or you want to go to Job or to Jacob or you want to go in, anywhere you want to look, in the Bible, you're going to see a, a, a definitive and authoritative role that God has assigned to, to the brethren to, to lead and to guide and, and to, to intercede and to, to, be, to be the head of their house. And, I'm, not, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for God-given roles because we have a society today that seems to be in a bit of rebellion to those God-given roles. And so... You see all this confusion. You see, you see homes that are in disarray and homes that are, are in, in dysfunctional because there is this confusion over who is supposed to lead, who is supposed to guide, who is supposed to be uh, the, the, the head of the house. And that, create, that confusion creates a lot of, of issues, not only for marriages, not only for uh, for, for the house, but especially in regard, in regard to the children who grow up not knowing who they are. You see, when you have confusion at the head, when you have confusion in the, 
and, and the models that they are that they are witnessing, you're going to have confusion in the identity. And I think we're seeing, we're reaping a little bit of what was sown uh, uh, over the over the last generation or two, when we see the confusion in this generation over who they're supposed to be and, and what they're supposed to be. And I know, believe me, I know that there's abuses of that, and some take it to places where the scriptures do not. And and of course, we 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 reject any misinterpretation or misapplication of the word of God. But we don't want to throw throw it all out because some misuse it. Uh, God has given the husband, the wife, the mother, the father a, a, a calling and, a, and, a, and a, a purpose in their families and, and in the homes and in the church. And I believe we function best when we function the way that God has built us to function. And, and I, I've, I've, my whole life I've, I've, I've been blessed by and have been supportive of and an encouragement to women in ministry, women pastors and preachers and evangelists, and I think that's God. I think that's God's call, and the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And I encourage all women to operate fully in the gifts that God has given them. But when we see, when we look at the story here today, and we look at some of the things that are happening here, we see a, a bit, a glimpse of of how. God has ordained uh, certain gifts, certain, certain things to be in the heart of a mother. And, and whether you, you – yeah, I know not everyone who's biologically uh, capable of being a mother is a mother. I, I, I've known some who've, who've given birth to children but don't seem to, don't seem to take their motherhood very seriously. That's, that's a sad state of affairs. And, and just because you are biologically capable – of having children doesn't necessarily mean uh, that you're going to automatically be a good mother. There's some, some training, some teaching, some, some guidance from God and from the godly women that are needful there. But I've also known many women who, while not biologically mothers, have a mother's heart, a mother's spirit, a mother's, uh, a mother's character. And, and, and I've been personally blessed by this, as to, have, uh, to have women who have... Uh, more or less adopted me and 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 seen to it that uh, I'm covered 24/7, and I, I just thank God for that. What a what a blessing! What a gift! What a a tremendous legacy! You know, a, a, a person can have who has a mother's heart, and so I give God thanks. But in this passage, there's three things that I want to point out to you very quickly that I think are 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 typical of the role that God has for many women. I won't say all, I won't say it's a blanket statement, but I think we can look at this and we can see some characteristics that would apply generally to, to every generation of women in the church. And if we go back to verse 1 of this chapter, I didn't read it to you earlier, but I want to start there because it, it, it gives us a, a, a good picture of what is to come later on in the chapter, but in verse 1, we, we, we are introduced to a young man, a young man named Timothy. Now, you know that name. Two, there are two letters in our New Testament that are written to this young man named Timothy. He's a, a, a young preacher, a young pastor that Paul is mentoring, that Paul has sort of taken under his wing and become a spiritual father to him and 
is kind of preparing him at this point to, to go into the ministry. And, and we learn from chapter 16, verse 1, that uh, Timothy himself was the product of what we would, what would be called in the olden times a mixed marriage. Uh, not only was his mother a Jew and his father a Greek, that's the physical mixing, nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know, the, the physical is not the problem here. The, the, uh, the, the people of different cultures, of different backgrounds, uh, are certainly uh, capable of having wonderful homes and marriages, and we endorse that and we bless that. But the, the problem here isn't the, the physical dissimilarity, it's the spiritual. The mother was, uh, we learn in Second Timothy chapter 1, the mother was a Christian, and there's no mention of the father being a Christian. And that's, of course, a situation uh, all too familiar to, to many of us today. Uh, some of us grew, some of you may have, have had that situation in your own heart, your own family, your own life, where, where mom was the, 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 the voice of, of Christ in the home. And, and maybe dad, although in maybe other respects, a good father, a good provider, whatever, but he wasn't spiritually uh, in the faith. And so you had that conflict that uh, uh, is at the heart sometimes of some of the struggles that we have in our homes. And I just want to commend here the faithfulness not only of Timothy's mother, but according to Paul in Second Timothy, to his grandmother as well. In Second Timothy chapter 1, it tells us that the that the, the matriarch of this family's faith was the grandmother Lois, and, and she was the one who, 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 who was the first in the faith, and then you know, bringing her, her, her daughter Eunice into the faith as well. And that, that influence they have over the life of this young man, despite the, the circumstances, despite perhaps the, the spiritual uh, conflict that might have been in the home, they had such an impact, such a overwhelming influence on his life. According to Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, he was instructed, he was taught in the Scriptures by his, his grandmother and his mother from the time he was a child. And so, so the first gift that I, I want to highlight in the, the role that a, a mother can have and a woman can have in her family is the gift of heritage the gift of heritage. Uh, it is, uh, I think, more common, perhaps, I want to speak carefully, I don't want, again, I'm not here to demean, or I don't, you don't elevate one by lowering another, but my experience is in the church, in particular the Pentecostal church, uh, that more families and more generations are, are, are of the church and of the faith through the, through the life and faith of the mothers than, than, than through the fathers. And, and I say that as a personal testimony. I, now, I'm doubly blessed. I, I have an embarrassment of riches in my family. I was raised by a godly mother and, and a godly father. Thank God. When you, if you've got both, you really, I'll tell you what, I have no excuses. <laughs> whatever meanness, whatever rottenness, whatever, whatever, whatever went wrong with me, it was not, it was not dad or mom. That was just me. Because I had, I had the best of both worlds. I had a father 
who, who still loves the Lord and serves the Lord and, and taught me uh, so much about being a minister, about being faithful. But I also had that blessing of, of a godly mother who, who taught me from the heart, from, from the earliest ages. Uh, you know, my, of course, like most homes, I was raised sort of, I guess, in what used to be called a traditional home. My father worked and, and my mother did not. So my, I know that's not the case today in most homes, but at that time, you know, I, I had that benefit of having my mother there every day. Uh, when I was, when I was a little boy, she, she taught me how to read. Uh, I, I, you know, before I even got off into, into school, uh, you know, she had me on her knee, uh, uh, reading books. I remember her taking me, uh, to the, the local library as, as a, uh, you know, six year old, five year old, six year old getting my first library card. My mother, you know, dropping me off at the library when she would go grocery shopping and I would just, sit there and just, just read and just enjoy all of that. She passed on to me just a love for books, a love for learning, uh, a love for puzzles. I think she regretted that later. <laughs> I think she regretted that later uh, because, you know, her favorite, one of her favorite things to do was, uh, was do the crossword puzzles in the newspapers. But uh, uh, once I got old enough, I started getting that paper before she'd get to it and and, and so I, I kind of regret that. I should have left some crossword puzzles for mom, but uh, I'm sure she forgave me. I know she did. But uh, I had that blessing. But my family history, uh, going back to a grandmother and uh, a great-grandmother, a great-grandmother I never even met, uh, did not know her, didn't, didn't know her, but in the very early days, in the very early days of Pentecost, in the, uh, when, when Pentecostal churches were still being burned and and blown up when Pentecostal, uh, when anyone who claimed to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues would be, would be turned out of their church, would be, uh, would be shunned in the community. I had a, a great grandmother that, uh, that, uh, got the Holy Ghost and, and got, got the fire and, and got commit and, and, and got on fire for the Lord and, and led her family. And I don't know anything about my great-grandfather. I don't know where he was in all of this, but she's the one who led her family uh, to become uh, some of the pioneer Pentecostal families in the, the earliest days of, of the movement. And, and what a blessing that has been to me. You know, I'm here see, several generations later and can claim that heritage. I had a grandmother... Uh, who never went to school, couldn't read or write, but you know, she learned to read the Bible. And, uh, and, and she had an unbelieving husband, like, like Timothy's father. She, she had an unbelieving husband for most of, most of uh, their, their time together, but she managed to raise 12 children. Uh, <laughs> I, boy, I, I stopped right there and just, ooh, through a chill you know, goes up my spine. And we, we've got three, and I, that's probably... Uh, more than, than most can handle, but, you know, 12 children, uh, she raised and not just raised them, not just, you know, fed them and, and, and clothed them, but she taught them the ways of the Lord. She instructed them. And this little uneducated woman, uh, taught them to, to, to love God and to, to, to know the scriptures and, 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 you know, uh, the, the legacy from her faith. I, I don't know. We, we, I, I forget where we ended up. We, we were somewhere in the 20s. Uh, 
uh, of her uh, descendants, uh, her, her sons and daughters and their children. I forget where we ended up. We ended up somewhere in the 20s. Uh, of her descendants had become ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I, I tell you something, Mom. You can have an impact. You can make a difference, unbelievably, uh, an unbelievable difference. From this, 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 this uneducated girl, really, uh, who basically sold into marriage as a very young teenager, uh, has produced a legacy in the faith of, of her faith. So I am so blessed today to tell you that heritage, heritage matters. I tell you, it matters. And so many times we see the example. We see the example of it coming through, through the mothers, through the grandmothers, through, and, 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 and certainly we, we honor that, we respect that. But my God, uh, these precious women who stood uh, under times of persecution, who in circumstances. I don't want to speak again. I'm not trying to paint with such a broad brush today, but in some circumstances dealt with uh, abusive relationships, abusive husbands, so situations where they would, if they went to church, they'd be locked out of their house for the night. If, if they took the kids to church, they'd have to, they'd have to go stay at a neighbor. Those kind of situations where these women and their faithfulness to God and their determination to provide a heritage in the Lord for their children. My God, what a blessing, what a gift these holy, righteous, anointed women of God are to the church of God. And I give thanks for them today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing it is. And, and, and I think it's still true. I don't think anything's really changed all that much in any given congregation. As a matter of fact, one of the earliest criticisms of the church all the way back in the early days when it was still predominantly a Jewish church, uh, back, you know, that first generation of believers. One of the, one of the criticisms against the Christian faith was that it was a religion for women. And, you know, that we, we, we hear that today. We might smile. We might laugh. We might think, my God, you know, what, a, what an insult, what, what an insulting way to put that. But that was the perspective. Because so many times it was, it was first brought into the home or first brought into the community by a woman. And, and what they meant as an insult, I give glory to God for today because I'm glad this religion of women was passed down to me so that I could, I could, I could know the Lord Jesus Christ and know, know what it meant to walk in the, in, the, in the spirit and power of Pentecost. And I thank God that this religion of women, matter of fact, it's, it's still a criticism today. It's still a criticism today. The, the, those who object to the Pentecostal movement uh, do so. Many of them do so. I know, I know uh, MacArthur's one is pretty vocal about this, but there's others. Uh, they, they, one of their objections, one of the things they list is, is that women are too prominent, that the, 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 there's too many women in leadership roles, and you can't, you can't trust the women to do to do. To, to do right by, by the doctrines and by the teachings of Jesus Christ. And, and, and just what nonsense, what utter foolishness uh, you know, that, that some get into. And I, I don't, that's a different path. I don't want to go down that path today. But my God, if it, I, I'll take a woman preacher uh, who preaches the truth and preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ over, some, over anything else. My God, if, if we can just understand that God is not limited, God is not limited by... By, 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 by sex or by gender, 
that he is able to use anyone who submits. And that leads me to the second point, which we read here in, in the story of Lydia. So often, why is it so often that women are the first to receive the gospel? Why is it so often? Why were the women the ones who had gathered for prayer at the riverside? <laughs> you know, when, when Paul goes to the town there, you know, he, 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 he's looking, I guess, you know, his normal pattern, his normal pattern would be to go find a synagogue and find the ruler of the synagogue and ask permission to, to, to minister in the synagogue and, and preach the good news. But I, evidently, Philippi did not have a synagogue, if, if, if we understand this correctly. So what does he do? He goes, he goes to the place, he says, well, where do they pray? Where do they pray? And somebody tells him, well, you know, I, the, the women, they pray over there by the riverside on the Sabbath day. And, and oh my God, right there, you want to talk about the value of a prayer meeting. You want to talk about the valuable woman's prayer meeting. I know prayer is not the exclusive domain of, of, of the feminine gender, but uh, these women would gather each week on the Sabbath day to pray together. And, and that is where the gospel uh, that Paul preached was first preached in Europe. This is the first missionary journey of Paul to Europe. And, and of course, right there, he goes and he finds who? He finds women with a heart for God. And that's the second point I want to make. Not only do women provide a, a, a great heritage, but they have a great heart for God. They have a great heart for God. And, and we, we see that. We see that in Lydia. What does it tell us? It says the Lord opened her heart. And that's such a thing. I, I'm not trying, again, I don't want to be stereotypical. I'm not trying to say, I, I know men who are very emotional. I know women who are not very emotional. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about emotionalism. I'm not talking about hysterics. I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm just talking about a heart, a sympathy, a passion for the things of God. And so many times, again, not exclusively, but so many times, it's the women who are the most open and the most receptive and the most eager and the most uh, willing to accept the message of Jesus Christ and accept the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's, you know, and, and whether that's because it's a it's a gospel that liberates them, whether it's because it's a gospel that affirms their value and their worth as being worth saving, you know, there are some religions, and I'm not here to pick on anybody else, but there are some religions that don't even think women are worth saving, that they don't have anything to offer, that they're basically uh, they're 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 there just to serve and they're there just to meet whatever uh, gratifications that uh, are necessary, and that's it, and and have the kids, and that's all they are. But but our faith put such a premium and such a value on the inherent and intrinsic worth of every soul, whether it's Jew, whether it's Greek, whether it's barbarian, whether it's slave, whether it's free, whether it's male, whether it's female, every soul has value, has, has standing with God, and that, that the message of Jesus Christ is a, it's an equal opportunity message. It's for everybody. And if somehow women are able to receive that in, a, in greater numbers, I, I, maybe, maybe, I don't know if it has something to do with their, just their nature or just the opportunity, but whatever it is, in any congregation that you go to today, you're very likely to find a majority of the congregation being women. And that's not an insult to the church. That's, that's, that's been the testimony of, of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout all of its generations that it's women who have the heart for God. It's women who want the ministry uh, and want the freedom and want the liberty that the gospel offers. Men, 
of course, men are receptive and men are open to it too. Uh, but sometimes, you know, it can be it can be understood that men have their minds on more earthly matters, on on, on more mundane matters, just trying to make a living, make a uh, get ahead in the world, get get whatever ambitions they have, but uh, uh, fulfilled. But men uh, are are open to the gospel too. Of course, they are. But we see this testimony so much in the scriptures that it was it was the women who followed Jesus from place to place. It was it was the women who 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 who, who tended to his needs, who ministered to him, and it was the women who had a heart, a heart not only for the for God, but a heart for those, a heart for others, a heart for others, an open heart, a tender heart, a tender heart that's. Uh, that's, that's so open and receptive to the love of Jesus Christ, to the love of the church. And I, I, I think that's such a precious thing. I, I think it's such a precious thing. I believe very much that God has equipped both genders, male and female, with special, unique characteristics. And, and we value all of them. And, and I don't think any, any woman should ever feel inferior or ashamed when, when we say to her, that she has a great heart because that's a gift. That's a blessing. That's, that's something that's God ordained. And it's, it's such a tremendous, tremendous thing. I, I, I don't even know where to begin to tell you how, how blessed, what a blessing that is to the, to the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That there's the willingness to listen, the willingness to hear, the, the openness to the message of the gospel is such a blessing. And, and I don't want to spend all day uh, with you, I, I know you've got plans as families and things, but I want to get this third, this third matter right because this is really to me what what brings the two together. When you have heart and you have heritage, we see that Lydia and the other women were receptive to the gospel. They opened up their heart to the gospel, but Lydia takes it one more step. Now, this is special. This is special. This is that gift, that precious gift that so many women have, and that is the gift of hospitality the gift of hospitality. And I mean that in that very, uh, I, I don't mean just say, just being willing to say, okay, here, you know, you can, if you need a place to stay tonight, you can stay here. No, she said, listen, we, we, we read this and we need to understand what she was saying. She was saying, I know you're here to do the Lord's work. I know you're here to start a ministry here. I know you're here to, 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 to reach this whole town. And she says, use my house. Let my house be the church. Let my house be the foundation stone of the church that you build in Philippi. And my God, what, an, what a, 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 a hospitable... I, I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm going to speak to you very plainly. The older I get, the less I like people in my house. <laughs> that, that's just the truth. That's just the truth. I, I, I'm not a, you know, I, I'm getting grouchier and grumpier, and, and, and I, I, don't know if, I don't know if it's just age, if it's just the aches and pains. I don't know what it is. But, you know, for me, uh, you know, I like my house. I like quiet. I like peace. I like just everything being just so. And, 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 you know, when a bunch of people come over, it's all right for a minute or two. I mean, I don't mind for, you know, first couple of, first couple of minutes, we're all good. But, you know, once we've said hello and how's everybody doing, I, I'm, ready, I'm ready for people to leave, you know. <laughs> but this woman said, look, she doesn't just say, look, if you need a place to stay tonight, you can stay. She said, listen, I want you to move into my house. And this is going to be the place where you start reaching this whole community. What an, what a, a, an incredible 
generous, and, and, and I don't even begin to describe what it must have cost her in terms of, of personal, uh, uh, you know, having to feed them. And, and, and you know, you've got to understand, these early days of the church, it wasn't just, okay, we're going to have a service at 1 o'clock, everybody show up, and, you know, you know 45 minutes later, everybody's, everybody's got back in their, in their cart and left. No, these, these services, these were full-function potluck, uh, feed everybody, you know, be there all day, uh, end of the night type of services. This is, this is old school <laughs> Pentecost and what it must have cost her from her own resources to feed, to, to, to house, to not just the apostles themselves, but those who would come and, and to hear them speak and to, and to hear them preach. I, I, I can't begin to tell you how important it is to the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to have a, a place, uh, uh, a place where you're welcomed, where you can rest, where you where you can you can be ministered to yourselves. Uh, we we who minister the gospel, we're not, you know. I guess in some ways, you know, you hear a lot about doctors these days, and thank God for our medical community. But you know, they say that doctors generally make very poor patients. And I don't know if that's true. I'm not a doctor, but I do know that pastors and apostles and preachers and teachers, we typically, uh, those who minister to others are very difficult to minister to. And I don't know if Lydia understood what she was, she was getting into here, but for her, for her to take these into her house based on her faithfulness to the Lord, stay with me, use my house as your home base. Set up the first stone of your church right in, in, in my courtyard. And, and knowing that it implied, understand this is, again, I'm trying to make it clear from the context and the culture. She wasn't just saying you can sleep over there in the corner and be gone in the morning. To invite them into her home, she was implicitly telling them, I will take care of you. I will feed you. I will clothe you. I will make sure... Every need, as long as you're under my roof, you will want for nothing. And that is what an incredible, incredible blessing that must have been. And we know that there was a, a great work done in Philippi by, by Paul and Silas, and tremendous testimony, everything that happened there. We read about the slave girl and the, the Philippian jailer and all the things that took place there. And, and, and if you go and you read the book of Philippians, it's... it's uh, it, it was written to the Christians of this city. And you can read in Philippians that for Paul, his time in Philippi was the most joyful, the, the, the time where he was, he was just, just, you know, the whole book of, of Philippians is a testimony to his love and his joy and the great memories and the great relationships and the great blessing that, uh, that, that the Philippians were to him. And that starts with, this woman, that starts with one woman who wants to start a heritage of her own. And so it comes full circle. It comes full circle. She becomes, out of her heart, the church at Philippi is established. Out of her home, the church at Philippi says, but she brings her whole household into the faith. She brings her whole household into the, into the gospel of the kingdom. And she begins to promote a heritage of her own. 
And I'm here to tell you today, thank God. Thank God for those women who, who hold the faith of Jesus Christ and pass it down generation to generation to their own children. I, I tell you, the greatest evangelists in the world are mothers who win their own children to Jesus Christ. You may never have a title. You may never have a rank. You may never sit in a pulpit. But my God, the difference you make, Mom, the difference you make when you lead your children to Jesus Christ, when you lead your grandchildren, when you lead, you say, I don't have any children of my own, Pastor. That's all right. There's others. There's families all around you. There's neighbors all around you. You have the opportunity. It takes a mother's heart sometimes. I, I, I know that there's, there's no question in my mind. It was my mother's prayers. I know my father prayed for me. I know he still prays for me. I'm grateful for that. It's been a great blessing to me. But I specifically know it was my mother's prayers that kept me during my most, my most rebellious times, my most difficult times, my times where my, 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 my relationship was, was, was at its most tenuous with the Lord. Uh, what a gift it is. And if you're a young man today, a young woman today, you should be so grateful if you have a mother praying for you, you should be so grateful. You don't know. You don't even know what you think you're in a mess now. Let me tell you what. If it wasn't for your mama's prayers, you wouldn't even. You might not even be here. So I, 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 I give thanks today. I give thanks to those precious, precious women. I'm thankful today. I'm thankful today for the women of Lighthouse. I've spoken a lot about my mother and grandmothers and, and, and the impact they had on my life. But I've had so many precious ladies here growing up, a bratty, obnoxious little preacher's kid uh, who, who was just, just incorrigible, just, just unreasonable. But so many of, of the women of Lighthouse just took me, uh, adopted me, made me their own. And, and, and what a privilege it is to, to, Honor those women today and honor those women who have supported this ministry since I've been here as pastor. Uh, I, I don't know. We, we would, well, I would have been lost. I would have been so lost if it wasn't for the precious women of Lighthouse Church of God. And I honor you today. I thank you for your support. I thank you for the blessing that you are to the church. And I pray for you today. I pray for you. I pray for you that you will lead your children, lead your home, be the heart of your home, be a heritage to pass on. And, and that hospitable heart, that hospitable spirit, that generous, open spirit that you have, that you've had toward me, that you've had toward so many others, my God will bless you for that, and he will minister to you. And I pray for you, and I'm thankful today, uh, above, all, above all the women in my life, I'm thankful today for a godly wife and mother to my own children, who, uh, you know, there's a, the proverb says, her heart, the heart of her husband doth safely trust in her. And that is, that is the truth of our, of our marriage. I have, uh, you know, I, like, like I said, I was raised sort of traditionally, and I tried to have as much as I could a traditional home, which, which for me meant being outside the home most of the time, working and, and, and ministering and you know, I mean, there, there would have been there would have been times where it would have been, it would have been hard to prove that I even lived there. I, I was home so little, 
but I could do that and I was free to do that and I was, I was able to do that because I never had to worry and it never even occurred to me to be concerned about my home, my children, because I knew the one that was caring for them was faithful and was, was trustworthy and, and would do uh, whatever needed to be done to hold the house together, to hold the home together, to take care of our children. So I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful so much that God gave me such a precious uh, uh, person to, to share this family life with and this ministry with. And she's more than just uh, you know, a mother to my house. She's been a mother to the church. Uh, teaching children in the church uh, for for a generation. There's children. There's some of you on this call that have kids of your own that sat in her class <laughs> and was taught by her. So I'm grateful for that. What a blessing it is. What a blessing it is. And to her and to all of you, precious women today, I just wish you a very happy blessing. God, God be with you on this Mother's Day. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. We're going to take communion. We're going to take communion, and then we're going to let you get on with your, your celebrations. And I, I know you're going to take good care of your moms today if they're with you. For those moms, for those of us whose moms are not with us any longer physically, we, we can still remember them today and, and give thanks to God for them. And, uh, and, we're, and this communion is going to be part of that. We're, we're, we're going to honor the Lord Jesus Christ, his sacrifice and his 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 saving work in our life, but so much of what Christ did for us, including bringing us to him, he did through these precious mothers. And so we're thankful and we're grateful for that today. Hallelujah. Father God, thank you for the precious women. Thank you for the testimony of those who have been the heart of their homes, have provided a godly heritage for their families, for the children and grandchildren, and for those who have been so hospitable for the work and ministry of the gospel. Thank you for them today. We bless them today. We bless their homes, their families. We bless their children. We bless their grandchildren, God. We bless their marriages. We bless their ministries. We bless their jobs, God, today. And we ask you, God, to make your favor and grace mightily known in their life, O oh God. And Lord, give them the desire of their heart Give them, answer their mother's prayer today that all of her children, all of her grandchildren would come safely, safely into the kingdom. Thank you for them. This has been a production of the Lighthouse Church of God. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed. You are welcome to join us for service by calling 701-801-6266 every Sunday at 1015 a.m. For more information or to support our ministry, visit our website at www.lhcogfl.org. God bless you. Until next time, this is the Lighthouse Church of God, lighting the way through the storms of life.